Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Off The Bench. Yeah, g'day and welcome to the show. Great to have your company uh, wherever you're listening, right around Australia. This is Off The Bench. Benny Jones with you for the next hour, flying solo as our main man, Gary Belcher. Scotty Sattler just enjoying a little post-season recovery. We've got uh, plenty to look forward to, though. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll hear from Lauren Cheadle, who is one of the WBBL stars. That's uh, campaign underway and... Well, she is going to be crucial to the Sydney Kings, formerly of the Sydney Thunder, now has moved over to the Sydney Kings and an Aussie star left arm quick. So we'll talk to Lauren about the uh, the first time the WBBL has been a standalone competition, which in its own right is pretty big news. We'll hear from Paul Snowden, the trainer of Red Zell. It is gunning for a third straight Everest after winning the first two instalments of the race. 14 million bucks up for grabs, 6 million for the winner. Not bad work if you can get it, but we'll find out how Red Zell is tracking in preparation towards that attempted three-peat. We'll speak to Matty Rogers about a cause that's very close to his heart, the former kangaroo, the former wallaby, just an absolute superstar of both codes, so he'll stop by. And also, up next, Mel Meninga, who's going to tell us all about the Rugby League Nines, which have kick-started at Bankwest Stadium, this new concept, exciting concept, which is getting a lot of people within rugby league circles very, very very excited about what the future might hold for the Rugby League Nines. We've got a Makita Power player in there as well, so stick around. There's a lot to look forward to over the next, well, 58 minutes or so here on Off The Bench. As I said, we did catch up with one of the all-time greats. Well, he's an immortal, need I say any more. Mel Meninga, who stopped by to talk about his role as Australian coach of the Rugby League World Cup Nines squad, which will take on 11 other nations over two big days at Bankwest Stadium. Fresh from the plane over there at the Fiji Prime Minister's 13 Invitational, where he was just rubbing shoulders with Prime Ministers, no less. We caught up with Mel to get his thoughts on this exciting new format of the game. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. You've just come back from... Fiji and the Prime Minister's 13, and we were talking about that at length on the show last night, uh, how wonderful the scenes were there in Fiji. The game played in a brilliant spirit as well. So um, obviously realigning yourself now to the nines, but just a quick word on, on that uh, trip over to Fiji. Must have been a lot of fun. Oh, huge success. Players loved it. Still talking about it, honestly. You know, So I've got a few of those players in the nines, uh, sticking, around, sticking around for the nines. So, yeah, I mean, they really enjoyed themselves. Um, Wonderful experience, great cultural experience. Mm. Um, yeah, the game itself, I think, it, you know, it, it um, proved that um, rugby league's well and alive in, in Fiji, which is great. And have the PM over there also, and his um, his group of people was, you know, I thought everything went really well. Did you feel like the PM twice in your life? Because when you're in Canberra, you're pretty much the PM then, and then <laughs> you're telling the PM what to do on the weekend as well now. Oh. Well, hey, it was up to him to you know, take his shoes off and <laughs> run onto the footy field and you know, give water and take out the, the kicking tee. Oh, it was, yeah, you know, it was fantastic. It, yeah, it was great. I think it humanises, normalises stuff. You know, it's, people take themselves too seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I the time, so you know, I mean, that was a bit of fun. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Why not have oh, fun? 
I agree. Now, let's turn our attention to the nines, and you've had a lot of success as a coach, but is it fair to say, coaches and players, Mel, out of your comfort zones when it comes to mm. knowing what's in store with the nines format? Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, I, I know we had the Auckland nines before, but um, mm. I think it's a different scenario where, um, yeah, we're not unsure. You're unsure what's, you know, well, I think we've got a plan that, that may work, but um, you never know the unpredictability of, of nines, you know. Um, we're not quite sure. Um, you know what's going to happen, really. So I think that's probably the one of the you know, one of the, the high points of, of the nines tournament is that you can come along and and watch you know whoever country whatever country you you, you support and feel that they've got a great chance of winning. Them. I've got no idea, you know, whether we're <laughs> favourites or not. To be honest with you. Is it, Craig Wing wrote a really good story today for NRL.com. He's believing the nines format may be a chance for players, especially forwards, to unveil some you know raw attributes that sometimes are stifled in the. 13 a side game. Do you, do you agree with that? Oh, I think it's a nurse for everyone to, um, to you know, bring out their bag of tricks, you know, in a way, you know. So, I mean, yeah, we've got um, some really good forwards in, in our team. You know, Tyson Frizzell and Wade Graham are all skillful guys. You know, Nathan Brown, Jai Arrow, and David Fafita. That's our, that's our four, our four, you know, um, forwards. And they've all got, you know, strengths. Um, they walk and run the footy. They're, they're skillful guys, pretty intelligent guys. So, yeah, hopefully they'll uh, unearth something we didn't know about him. But they can see this afternoon some training. He can drop kick a ball really, really well. So, I mean, he might become our number one drop kick um, exponent, I reckon, on you know, come Friday and Saturday. Now, Pong is the obvious, the obvious one to look out for across the tournament. Sean Johnson is a number of them. But is there one player that you're looking forward to that may un- we may be able to bring something a little bit different? Oh, Carl, we, had, we played some games today. <laughs> Uh, he's brilliant, you know, unbelievable his footwork and his speed off the mark. <laughs> but we had, um, you know, Ryan Pappenhausen, you know, yeah. come in as well. We've got Josh Adokar, the two Melbourne guys, um, you know, speed to burn. Um, you know, we've got AJ Brimson. I'm, I'm going to play him a bit of nine um, yep. to see how that all that all goes. I think that, um, you know, he, he could be a bit of a, a dark horse when it comes to, you know, influence on the, on the team and our performance, you know. So we're playing the nine position. So, I mean, We've got some we've got some talent right across the, the footy field. Um, yeah, Mitchell Moses, I think, will be a yeah, special talent in nines as well. So, I mean, yeah, I think we've got a pretty good side, um, like I said before, but you just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. Mel, obviously this weekend, first and foremost, uh, your uh, mind as far as what you need to tick there and see how it all unfolds, like you said, but uh, read some quotes from your good self in regards to the inspiration taken from Rugby Sevens and taking this Nines concept global and into a World Cup format. Is that a realistic proposition and do you expect uh, that, that, that players will, will support it as well? Oh, I, I hope that's the vision with it all. You know, so I haven't talked to the powers to be about it all, but I think it's the perfect vehicle for us to showcase our game uh, in different mm. spots around the world. I, you know, um, I firmly believe that. So it's entirely entertaining. Um, it's funny though because you know nines you know, structurally there's not much difference to thirteens. Obviously, it's a bit more space. You'll see you know, players you know expose their skills a lot, a lot, a lot more. But um, it's, it's not dissimilar to rugby league. So I'm just thinking that because of less numbers. Um, you know, we can we can transport that around the world a lot lot easier. Um, yeah, so hopefully one day, one day we can mm. we can we see you know the nines, the World Cup of nines being played in different countries around the world. Now, Mal, New Zealand will obviously be dangerous, but you know Fiji they'll pose a threat. You think, knowing the history <laughs> in the shortened format? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, well, I coached the ninety ninety six Aussie team going way back, you know, twenty odd years ago, 
uh, where New Zealand and Fiji actually made the finals. So okay. in the grand final, we got knocked out by the Kiwis in the, in the semis. So the Fiji, I can't remember who they knocked out, but they played in the um, in the grand final of the of the World World Cup of Nines back then. So I mean, um, yeah, they'll be talented. Um, they'll be. A, I don't think they'll be a surprise packet. We all know how great they are in seven. So with a bit of space, they, they may go see those and Nivalus. They sort of those sort of players will be exciting to watch. Yeah, now uh, Fiji versus Tonga Saturday afternoon. Of course, it's a bank west this Friday and Saturday. Just off the nines, and how much of a thrill for for you was it, Mal? Grand final night to blow the horn in front yeah. of the uh, the Canberra faithful. <laughs> I actually got stuck into it. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I thought it was. I'm in a privileged position now with the Raiders that allow me to do that. They asked me to do it, but I I actually got a real buzz. And yeah, you know, not even up. You know, we did the horn, and then the clap. You know, unbelievable. Mm. I got stuck into it, and I got carried away. <laughs> it was really a sensational feeling. Great experience. Yeah, yeah it was well-received by all in sundry on the <laughs> on the night itself too, Mel. Hey, just obviously this time of year, it's for some a, a touch depressing that we don't have the week-to-week football and the eight games per weekend. But from an international rep point of view, obviously beyond the nines, there's some, uh, there's some test footy to be played. So, I mean, I imagine you're just in your element. You must be loving it. Oh, it's excellent. Very good. I'm, I'm telling you the players are excited about it too. We had our... Yep. Had the kangaroos coming today as well, do their medicals. Hmm. Um, they're all excited, all happy to be involved. So, I mean, yeah, I think you know, we'll make some really good leaps and bounds in the international game of late. You know, the players are really bought into it. Uh, they, they love playing for their country. So, yeah, another two weeks after the Nines, we've got the you know, New Zealand team, and then we've got Tonga in at Eden Park in a triple header as well. So, I mean... Yep. Yeah, exciting couple of weeks coming up. You must feel proud, Mal, how when you went into the Kangaroos job out of origin and you, you wanted to make the green and gold jersey the number one priority for players, and it that has happened over the last couple of years. We now hear players talking about you know, their, their greatest goal is to play for, for their country, which wasn't the case in years gone by. So you must be pretty proud of yourself and your staff, the way that you've been able to um, send that message to the playing group. Oh, it's been, been a pleasure, but... Uh, the players are the players are bought into it, though. You know, I mean, if it wasn't for them, um, we wouldn't be in at a at a level where we are at the moment. There's still some room for improvement, obviously, but uh, they're the ones that said, "Listen, now we'll play in the green golf enough if need mm. be." You know, so they brought the they brought the pride back into the jersey as well. So I mean, yeah, full marks to the players. I'm really happy with the way they're bought into things. And and like I said before, I mean, they were they were so jovial, so happy to be back in the in the team again. Um, it was a pleasure to see them. The Downer Rugby League World Cup Nines on this weekend in Sydney. You can still get your tickets at nrl.com forward slash tickets and you can watch Mel's boys up against New Zealand, PNG and the USA in a very, very exciting Group A amongst uh, three other great groups. And, of course, the women are involved as well, four teams representing the girls from Australia, New Zealand, England and the PNG. Mel, thanks for your time. We know you're busy and there's lots happening in the build-up towards Friday. As always, uh, it's great having a chat and good luck for the weekend. We can't wait to watch it all unfold. Yeah, thanks, guys. Should be great. Mel Meninga joining us. What a star, what an icon, and what a man to be leading Australia into battle for not only the Rugby League World Cup nines, but also a couple of international tests that are coming up later on this month and early in November. So always a thrill to catch up with Mel Meninga on the show. Up next, we're going to talk about a cause that is of particular interest to Matty Rogers, the former Wallaby, the former Kangaroo representative superstar. It's all to do with Carers Week. And uh, this is something that affects a lot of people, more than you may think. We'll hear from Maddie just how many and just what Carers Week is all about. We'll also nominate a Makita Power Player. Plenty to come. You are listening to Off The Bench. This is Off The Bench.
Welcome to Off The Bench. Yeah, great to have you with us wherever you're listening. I hope you're enjoying the program. I hope you're having a fantastic start to your weekend with plenty to look forward to from a sporting point of view. Benny Jones here with you off the bench. Coming up shortly, a Makita Power Player nomination out of rugby league circles. This guy has just about ticked every box in season 2019. We'll speak to Paul Snowden, re Redzel, as it guns for three straight Everest crowns. And also Lauren Cheadle from the Sydney Kings, gearing up for a massive summer of cricket, WBBL5 underway. And it is a standalone competition for the first time in the competition's history. How good is that? Lauren will tell us just how excited the girls are very, very soon. But myself and Scotty Sattler caught up with, well, his old sparring partner, a great friend of the programs, Matty Rogers, through the week. The former Kangaroo Origin and, of course, Wallaby representative who played in a Rugby League World Cup and a Rugby Union World Cup, no less. Well, we had to pick his brains about how the Wallabies might fare against England this weekend. But more importantly, we had him on to talk about Carers Week in Australia. And Maddie told us what it's all about. It's lost by Pete. Rogers is heading for the corner. Rogers, he'll make it. Matt Rogers is over. Off and Adam Pete the state. Yeah, well, this week uh, is National Carers Week, and it's a time to recognise Australia's army of unpaid carers, a friend of ours who has a very close affiliation with the cause and is here to tell us a bit more about it, as well as a little bit of union and league. We'll sneak that in there as well as former kangaroo, former wallaby, Matty Rogers. Matty, thanks for jumping on and joining us on Sports Day. Oh, it's a pleasure, boys. Always happy to, to be a part of the show. National Carers Week. Look, to, to people who aren't aware of just how many carers there are within the borders of Australia. The numbers are staggering, and, and you can tell us a little bit about it and why this week is so important and close to your heart. Yeah, look, I mean, there's 2.8 million um, carers or unpaid carers in Australia, so it's about one in eight people, so there's a lot. And and, it's, and it can be a very thankless job at times. It's sort of like the unsung heroes of Australia that, um, you know, care for people that need it. And, you know, I guess, you know, I'm in a position where, you know, one of my children um, needs a lot more care than, than my other three, and that's my son, Max. You know, mm. he's autistic and, you know, and am considered a carer for Max, so uh, given the level of care that's required for him. So, you know, look, it's to be honest, you know, when I was asked to be a part of this week, it wasn't a hard thing to say yes, yes to, given the fact that, you know, I know how hard it can be uh, for carers out there. So I guess this week is really about... You know, saying to those 2.8 million Australians who are who are our carers, a big thank you, and you're doing an amazing job. Mm. But also just to let them know that um, you know there is mechanisms in place to help you when it gets tough. Because I know from personal experience how tough that can be. You know, I've been at my wit's end on on many occasions over the last 10 years or so. Uh, and just to, to let them know that you know they can contact Carers Australia, they can contact their peak body in their state, or they can go and visit their GP and make sure that they're looking after themselves because they're, they're doing an amazing job in the yeah. community, um, and we want to make sure that, that they're recognised for that. Yeah, I've seen both you and, and your beautiful wife, Chloe, firsthand, Maddie, the, um, the amount of support you give young Max. But initially when he was diagnosed, and you were, I remember you were looking for the right support, especially around the Gold Coast and South East Queensland. Yeah. How did you find it initially, the support? 
Mate, you know what? It was tough initially, Sats, I've got, to, I've got to tell you. Um, you know, just really, and I remember sitting in the office with you talking about mm. it, you know, just not knowing where to turn and, and it can be such a challenge, you know, and, and I guess, you know, sort of once you get onto, onto that right path and you, you sort of start to find your way, you know, with Maxi particularly, he was diagnosed with autism, he was non-verbal, there were so many things that we were just, you know, pulling our hair out about. You know, fortunately, we've, we've gone down a path now where we've got him, we've got him a lot of the right care. Um, but you know he still is not at a point where he can live independently, and he's a teenager, so he, he needs our care, uh, which is uh, you know uh, you know you can look at it as a glass half empty or half full. I look at it as a, as a, as a glass half full. You know I love caring for my for my boy, and mm. uh, it doesn't come without its challenges. Uh, as I know, at, uh, you know the, the carers out there in Australia, there is always challenges. So you know I guess. You know, in, in saying all of that, you know, what I really wanted to do is, is just do the best I could for my boy, you know, yeah. and, you know, as, as far as the challenges came, um, you know, we just wanted to celebrate the little milestones as, mm. we, as we went along and, you know, with the challenges, you know, those little milestones, as little as they are, uh, they're huge and uh, they're great to celebrate. Yeah, no, it's a great initiative of National Cares Week. It's um, great awareness as well, but tell us, Maddie, what's the difference between a parent yeah. and being a carer, if there is one? Yeah, you know, I guess they they can run pretty hand in hand. I must say, Sats, as you know, um, but uh, you know, I would say the difference between you know the level of care that's required for Max compared to my other three kids, um, it's it's astronomical, really. I mean, my other three kids, that you know, that I mean, my my youngest now is twelve, and you know, she can get on a bike, ride to school, make a lunch, do everything that she she needs to do. You know, Max needs help with all of that stuff, and you know, we live in a world where you know. Um, you know, it's one thing that I've always worried about with Max is how easy he could be taken advantage of. You mm. know, so as a carer, you know, I feel like it's my obligation to be there for him. You know, not just you know in the hours that I'm in his. I've, I've got to be there 24/7. You know, I've got to have my wits about me 24/7 about Max and and you know the, the care and the the help that he needs. Whereas my other three kids, I know that they're smart enough and they're, I guess, aware enough of what's going on around them, you know, so it's, a, it's, a very, it's quite a big difference. Absolutely, and there's obviously plenty of help around, as you've discovered along the journey, Maddie. so carersaustralia.com.au is a, a wonderful place to start at the Carers Australia website, as Maddie's touched on, 2.8 million, so roughly one in every eight people considering themselves or classing themselves as a carer, it's, uh, it's amazing the work that they do, Sats. Yeah, he's a, he's a beautiful kid, Max. I've seen him many, many times with Maddie and Chloe at the triathlons that they, they attend. But what's a, what's a really good lesson that Max has taught you through this whole process, Rat? Mate, I'll tell you what he's taught me the most, Sats, is, is without a doubt, is that, you know, life's about others. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's really sort of opened my eyes up to that. I mean, you know, of course you focus on your kids and so on and so forth, but Max has not only taught us that lesson, but he's taught his siblings that lesson as well. And um, to see that rub off on them, um, to be aware of, of the people around them and, and the, the needs of others, um, that's what Max has taught us. And, you know, we started our charity based upon that. And, you know, I've never felt more warmth than, you know, when we're doing something that can help other people. And I, I really think that's where true greatness lies. You know, you can be really mm. good at something, but if it's all about you, then, you know, who really cares? You know, use that to help other people and, you know, you'll see where that can take you and, you know, I've seen, um, you know, my wife and myself being able to grow through that space um, through our charity and through being a carer for Max. But I've also seen it, you know, affect my, or you know, my other three kids, uh, knowing what they've been through with Max as well. So, you know, life is certainly about others. That's what he's taught us. 
Yeah, for ASD uh, for kids as well. It's been a, a great charity that you've uh, that you've created, both yourself and and Chloe uh, Rat. Um, and I take my hat off to you, mate. It's a, it's a real inspiration yep. and a motivation. We all do it as parents. We know that, but when asked to go that uh, that little bit extra, you find something within yourself, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a real blessing. I got to tell you. I mean, um, I was pretty bitter and twisted in the early days, I must say. But um, <laughs> you know, fortunately, grew through that, uh, through the challenges, and um, you know, it's become a strength. Now, if we can just uh, quickly touch on the World Cup. You played in the World Cup yourself and the I Wallabies did. at the moment in the quarterfinals against England this week. Have you caught much up on the on the World Cup? I have, yeah, yeah. Yep. Been across it. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned for, for this week's game. Eddie yep. Jones is a master coach and he knows a lot of the Australians very well. Um, you know, he got us up for the World Cup in 2003. Um, and he's just, you know, he's, he's coached, he coached, you know, Japan to a win over South Africa. You know, uh, you know, Australia haven't beaten England since the last World Cup, and that's how long it's been. So um, we've got our work cut out for us. Um, but I, I really don't think anyone's put their hand up, Sats, like, yeah, gone, right. we're going to win this. Mm. I think it's still a very open competition, and I think Australia's as good a chance as anyone. If they can get through this week, then they've just got to worry about the next week. It's just one game at a time. It's an old cliche, but they proved this year, mate, that they're good enough to beat anyone. They, they didn't just beat New Zealand this year. They absolutely hammered mm. them. So we've shown that we've got the talent. We just need to play with what I'd like to see is 80 minutes of the intensity that I've watched Japan play with over there. If our Wallabies could play with that intensity, they will beat anyone. Um, they just need to find a way to, to bring it out. Matty, we'd love to have you on for another half hour to talk about all things footy and, of course, rugby league, of which is another code you excelled at. But we know you're busy spreading the word when it comes to carriersaustralia.com.au. If we could just uh, just have you for a moment tell us about how excited you are regarding 2020. I know that's still a few months away, but Australian Survivor All-Stars. <laughs> oh, no, getting... he can't say anything. No, I know Benny, he can't, he can't oh, say I can, I can say, you know what I can say? I'm excited. <laughs> I've got to settle. Gonna I get... cannot wait to get back in there. <laughs> you're going to get cut. Uh, cast away to some far-flung <laughs> island in the middle of absolutely yeah. nowhere. Network 10, uh, I know you're a very popular contestant on that show, so uh, it's going to be very exciting to watch that unfold. You'll be like a ninja at Next night. Year. That's what like. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Carersaustralia.com.au. Keep up the great work well done, that you're Maddie. doing there, uh, yeah, Matt, and four ASD kids that uh, Sats mentioned before alongside your wife, Chloe. All the best with it, Matty, and thanks for stopping by to tell us a bit more about it on Sports Day. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Sats. On your boys. Doing some amazing work there, Matty Rogers, both he and wife Chloe. But all of those carers, as we said, one in eight Australians classed as a carer in some shape or form. And if you want to find out more details or if, as Matty has told you, you think things are just getting a little out of hand, maybe a little beyond your control, it is never, never the wrong thing to do to ask for a little bit of help. Carersaustralia.com.au. Great to talk to Matty Rogers on the show through the week. We'll take a quick break here on Off the Bench. Up next, going to nominate a Makita Power player and also catch up and talk a little horse racing with Paul Snowden, the trainer of Redzel. Yep, the Everest this weekend is going to be an absolute belter. Can it make it three in a row? We'll find out shortly. This is Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench. It's time to nominate the Makita Power Player, Makita's cordless power garden range, the landscaper's choice. Yeah, that it is, and it's helping you power through the toughest of jobs, Makita, when power means business. Off the bench, time for a Power Player nomination. And how could we do anything but go towards James Tedesco, the Sydney Roosters and New South Wales fullback, 
This week was named as the Players' Player of the Year at the Rugby League Players Association Awards Night. This is held in such high esteem too by the players themselves because it is voted by their peers and you don't get any better recognition than that. Add to that, of course, the success he's had in origin with the player of the series there for New South Wales, the Brad Fittler medal. He was a grand final winner just a little while ago with the Sydney Roosters. Back-to-back premierships there. He took out the Dally M. Now you would think the only box left to tick is the golden boot for the best player in world rugby league. You would think that's just about a laydown and uh, almost an unbackable favourite in regards to that. So well done to James Tedesco. Easy choice for our Makita Power Player of the Week for Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range, the world's largest range with over 200 tools on the one battery. There is going to be plenty of power, horsepower that is, uh, at uh, the lovely Royal Randwick on Saturday as the third running of the Everest takes place, the richest race on the Australian calendar, $14 million worth of prize money up for grabs. I think I read somewhere that even if you finish stone last of the 12 competitors, you still get four hundred grand, which is not bad for a, a minute or two's work. But they'll be gunning for much higher honours than that, these horses, these trainers and co-owners as well. Paul Snowden looks after Red Zell. Well, he's been there twice and he's won twice. Of course, the only horse to win the Everest so far, looking for three in a row. Caught up with Paul through the week to find out how his charge is tracking. Redzel, McAvoy swing the rise. Le Romain sticks on second. Trapeze Artist goes to third. 300 out. Redzel still cruising in the lead. Trapeze Artist, Le Romain do the chasing. Further back to Graf and down the outside is Osborne Balls. It's Redzel clear. Redzel, 50 metres to go, looking to conquer the Everest again. And boy, he's done it. Redzel leads all the way from Trapeze Artist. I think Osborne Balls stands rail third in front of Le Well, there you go, the thrilling concluding stages of last year's Everest race, taken out again by Redzel, two from two, can it go three from three? We're going to go right to the source, the stable itself, in fact, Uh, his trainer, Paul Snowden, joins us on Sports Day. Uh, Paul, obviously, a little bit of history beckons, but being back for a third time, must be very proud of the team and the crew to get this horse ready to go again and maybe create some history. Yeah, 100%. It's... um it's, it's a little bit of satisfaction, obviously, qualifying again. And, um, you know, whatever happens on the weekend, um, you know, the horse owes us nothing. So the big, biggest thrill for us, though, we've, we've got him there and, and he's in great order. He's in very good condition in the skin. He looks fantastic. His muscle tone's great. And uh, uh, he'll, um, he'll give us um, a lot of excitement, that's for sure. I guess that's the thing, isn't it, Paul, with people who aren't familiar with the day-to-day goings on when you're in a stable it's just so much can go wrong you need so much to go right from from one week to the next let alone 12 months to the next so how do you think he's going this time compared to well 2018 leading into the race which he won a second time is he um yeah tracking pretty well yeah look just to give you an idea like this this sort of race sort of starts getting planned about six months ago mm. and and to get here on a target day, that's that's just a job done in itself. So, like I said, anything to, as far as winning-wise goes, well, that's a, it's a complete bonus. But um, obviously the lead-up to his last two Everest starts, it's been very similar paths that he's taken um, and very very similar form lines he's taken into the race as well. So um, I've got to say just to how, he, how he presents in himself... Um, his physical aspect of things, he, like I say, his muscle tone, his, the way he's, his coat is absolutely, mm. it looks like he's, he's wet. He's got that matte finish on him. So um, 
but he's um, he's in great order, and uh, you know we can't fault the horse. He's probably every bit as good as what he was leading into last year, and hopefully that's enough this year. And I'm sure you're thrilled too, Paul, that uh, Karen McAvoy has uh, decided to stick with the team and Connections would be very relieved. Obviously knows the horse well, has won the race aboard Red Zell twice, so just a little bit of consistency never goes astray, I suppose. Yeah, well, look, he left it right up until um, <laughs> each horse had their first run back. Mm. And to be fair, I really thought that he was going to go the other way. And um, after I, I actually had something in the pipeline to cover our bum just in case he did so um that's that's how sort of down to the line it was from my end that's how i was reading but um after he won the concord first up he he said to me after and mind you um classic legend hadn't hadn't raced then um he was due to have his second trial on the monday after he won on the saturday and he said to me how can i how can i switch so that was that was enough for us to um, obviously you know knowing where the horse is at. There's still plenty of improvement from his first up to to an Everest start, which is evidently it's about six or eight weeks later. So uh, no, it's uh, it's very very pleasing to have him on, and, and he knows the horse so well. Redzell co-trainer Paul Snowden joining us on Sports Day, part of the very successful and uh, very very. Well-renowned Snowden Stable. As far as the politics outside races, I know you're only concerned about getting your charge ready for Saturday's big race, but there's a lot of talk around, Paul, about the Group 1 status that this race clearly should have attached to it. I mean, we look at the 12 runners. All 12 have claims at Royal Randwick on Saturday. Do you expect that that's just a matter of if, not when, uh, or it's just got, got to happen? Make it a Group 1 and, you know, obviously with the prize money attached and the horses is attracting it, it just makes sense. Oh, 100%. It's, I think it's, like you say, it's, it's, it'll happen just a matter of when. It's probably got to have its honeymoon period and and sort of break into the Australian scene, which, look, it probably has quicker than, than what everyone would have thought. Yeah. Um, and, look, I, I dearly say it'll, it'll get what it deserves. It'll, it'll be a group one in uh, hopefully another 12 months' time. It, we'll see that G1 next was name. Your boys drawn barrier seven. Uh, the plan based on that, uh, we expect that obviously Nature Strip will, will head to the front and take up the lead. Uh, what, what what are you thinking at this stage without obviously giving away all the secrets? Look, we don't have to do too much at all. We've only, I've only got one speed horse drawn inside us, which is Sunlight. Mm. The other five are, are back markers or midfield to back markers. So they're not going to bother us at all in the early stages um, and like I say I've only got sunlight directly on my inside so um, and then we've got that big horse coming from from out wide so it's it's definitely going to be very intriguing the first probably 300 metres of this race mm. um, if if horses do want to punch forward where their sort of general pattern to, to this date hasn't been and they've been better more effective ridden that touch quieter um, who knows, it might um, unsettle them a wee bit and, and um, bring them undone, but that's the beauty of the race. It's yeah. Everyone knows where they are pretty much, and it's just about getting the execution right. And, um, you know, that's, that's probably, that probably happens in the first sort of half of the race, and the rest of the half takes care of itself. And, Paul, just before we let you go, I mean, the horse has a great record on pretty much all surfaces, but weather looking good. Uh, for Sydney this week and a couple of days out from the, the big race. No doubt you, you wouldn't mind a little sting out of the track, but does it really does it really bother you when it comes to Redzell because he's delivered so often on all surfaces? Uh, it does, and he's, he's, uh, 
it just adds a strength to his bow that he can handle those heavy tracks and run the times that he does on rain-affected tracks. So it's not going to be an excuse if we get beat on Saturday, that's for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, some uh, amazing history does beckon, and we wish you and Redzel and the connections and all involved all the very best for Saturday, Paul. And thanks so much for giving us some of your time here during what is a, a massive and a busy week for you. Uh, all the very best. Hope it goes well, and, and we'll be saluting a three-peat come uh, Saturday afternoon. I appreciate it. Thanks for the support. So there you go. If you're having a bet, gamble responsibly. Good luck, punters. And if you're uh, backing Redzel, going for a slice of history, well... Two so far from two. Can he make it a three-peat? We're going to find out soon enough. Big thank you to Paul Snowden for stopping by. We'll take a quick break here on Off the Bench. We're going to talk cricket on the other side and catch up with one of the stars of the Women's Big Bash League from the Sydney Kings, Lauren Cheadle, next on Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench. Welcome to Off The Bench. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Benny Jones with you in the host chair as we get set to sign off on another big episode. It's been huge. Mel Meninga joining us off the top to talk about that Rugby League World Cup 9s concept underway at Bankwest Stadium. Hopefully you're a chance to get along and catch some of the action. 12 men's teams from around the globe. Four women's teams as well. We spoke with the captain, of the Australian women's team, Ali Brigginshaw, co-captain. And she was very, very excited. Uh, The talk, the prospect that this may one day go global, possibly in a genuine World Cup format, has everyone pretty excited. But as a little bit of trial and error this weekend at the beautiful new Bankwest Stadium, it should be pretty entertaining. Rugby League, the nine-a-side format. We caught up with Matty Rogers to talk about Carers Week. Again, details on that. Carersaustralia.com.au if you want to find out more. One in eight Australians classified as a carer in some shape or form. We heard from Matty his own personal experiences with his boy Max. So uh, make sure you check that out and, and just uh, keep that in mind too when people are doing it tough, particularly parents. You never know the circumstances behind the scene and that's where Carers Australia come into it and are doing some amazing work. We heard from Paul Snowden, the co-trainer of Red Zell, which is going for three straight Everest crowns this weekend. $14 million race and six mil for the horse and trainer and owner and connections and punters that goes past the post first so it's going to be a huge weekend there and so much more to look forward to across the weekend in sports Uh, hey speaking of which women's big bash season five gets underway in fact it's kicking off as we speak and we caught up with lauren cheadle the left arm quick aussie representative former sydney thunderstar now has gone to the crosstown rivals the sydney kings thank you very much thanks for having me Straight off, I've got to ask you how exciting that must be for you and your uh, teammates, uh, opposition players alike as well, to have a bit of clear air in your own space to really launch the summer of cricket here in Australia with the Women's Big Bash. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I think we're all really looking forward to having our own competition for the first time. And um, I think um, coming off the back of such a successful Aussie tour, the girls have done so well over there. And for them to come home back into their own Big Bash teams and play against each other um, in prime time spots um, during this October-November period is, is really exciting. I think we're all really looking forward to it. And no easing into it for the Sixers girls too. A big double header this weekend at North Sydney. We'll get to that shortly. But uh, I guess how do we top last year's tournament, which was just nail-biting the final series in particular, was brilliant. Of course, the, uh, the grand final will go down and be long remembered as one of the great games of cricket in this country. So um, you've set the bar pretty high from last season. Are you confident that we can expect even better this time around? 
<laughs> yeah, it was really awesome to see, um, you know, both semifinals go right down to the last ball and, and obviously ours into a super over and then another really tight grand final. And, you know, to see um, Jermoyne sold out for, mm. the, for the first time for a women's game was, um, you know, really um, exciting for us as a playing group. And I think um, the fact that that happened and on top of that, I think each year we're getting better and better and, and each team is catching us. So um, I think there's no doubt that this year will be um, even better. And um, yes, it will be hard to top, but we're going to do our best. And I think we have a really good shot. It's obviously a really strategic decision to bring the tournament forward to give you guys the opportunity to sort of have the airspace to yourself. And, and it also, what it does, I guess, Lauren, is encourage some of the best cricketers from around the globe. Uh, that opportunity to come out to Australia, the WBBL considered the the best T20 competition in the women's game. So that in itself for the fans and for yourself and your teammates alike is great. You can get to access to some of these superstars from other countries. Yeah, it's, it's a really good idea to have it at this time of the year. I know there are a few um, internationals that are coming late and halfway through, but still get the opportunity to come because mm. we've brought the timeline forward. And um, as you said, it's probably the best um, league um, in the world and we only want to make it stronger. So having our own time in October, November and early December um, will hopefully do that and um, we'll see it keep getting better um, each year. WBBL 5, across seven consecutive weekends, Channel 7, Fox Sports, KO will give fans uh, the best access possible if you can't get to the games. But if you do want to attend in person, ticketech.com.au, make sure you snap up your tickets quick. As far as your own uh, form is concerned, Lauren, of course, over the three seasons of WBBL, you've been involved in 34 wickets. Uh, obviously, you're considered one of the premier bowlers in the competition. What sort of, uh, what sort of goals have you set yourself this season, your first with the Sydney Sixers? Um, yeah, I just I'd love to be um, out on the park and play a significant role with the new ball. I think um, I've had a, a few um, tough runs with with the new ball and I haven't been too successful. So I've been working really hard to um, get it right in the first six and um, hopefully play a, a small role in, in a successful season for the Sixers. There's a lot of talk when uh, players come up against their old side as to what the best way to attack it is. Do you want to meet them first up, like ripping off a Band-Aid, or would you like to maybe ease into the season and maybe wait till you've got a few games under your belt at your new club? You don't get that choice because you are going to have to face the Thunder first up, but you must be excited about that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I left the club on really good terms, and I'm, I'm still mates with a lot of the girls that we've seen in my teammates um, at New South Wales. So um, it'll be a great game um, on Friday, and I think... This game is always a really competitive one in the Big Bash season because um, we do know each other um, inside and out because we spend most of the year together apart from these six weeks. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that competitive side to come out of me. And, um, yeah, once I cross the line, I'm definitely a sixer through and through. Great stuff. Friday night, that game, and then you back it up the following night up against the defending champions. So it's going to give you guys a great idea, a bit of a litmus test of sorts to see where you stand with a couple of really good opponents straight off the bat. Yeah, they're definitely two of the most competitive teams in the Big Bash, and I think we've seen that um, year after year. Most uh, most of us have been um, in the final series each year, so it'll be a really cool way to kick off the Big Bash, and I'm sure we'll have um, a really great crowd behind us at North Sydney, and um, hopefully two cracking games of cricket. Well, we wish you all the very best for it, Lauren. Just before we let you go, appreciate your time here on Sports Day. Again, a reminder, tickets for the WBBL campaign, which gets underway this weekend, ticketech.com.au. If you can't see it live, you can... Catch it on Channel 7 and Fox Sports coverage. About as good as it's ever been, I reckon, with women's cricket in this country right now. 
we know about all the superstars throughout the competition. What about internally at the Sixers? Is there a, an emerging player or maybe someone you could give us a little sneak peek that uh, we could keep an eye on that might uh, really take the competition by storm this summer? Yeah, I think um, our young player in Hayley Silverholmes, who, who made a debut last year but um, didn't get a whole heap of overs, is looking um, really good and really strong to start this year. So um, um, definitely a young talent at only 16 and... Um, it's highly skilled, so hoping she's going to get a few more overs this year and um, a ton more wickets. Big summer ahead for the Sixers. We can't wait to see you in action, Lauren. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day and all the very best for that game against the Thunder on Friday night at North Sydney Oval. I'm sure it'll be a belter. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lauren Cheadle there, stopping by to talk all things cricket. How exciting. What a, what a tournament it was last year, BBL 04. Going to be hard to top in Season 5, but the girls are primed and pumped and ready to go. And the biggest names in Australian women's cricket are going to be slugging it out for women's big bash bragging rights. Big thank you to all of our guests. This has been Off the Bench. Thank you for joining us as well. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you the same time back here next week. This is Off the Bench. 